It's no secret that the both of us are running out of time. So hello from the other side. I must have called a thousand times to tell you I'm sorry for everything that I've done. But when I call you, Welcome to Parallel. Uh, I'm Derek and that's Scar. Brandon won't be here for the next two weeks. Y'all niggas don't have to deal with it. Yeah. Our next two episodes. Yeah, two weeks. Sounds a little bit far off. He won't be here for the next two episodes. So this one and the next one, that nigga ain't here. Y'all got to stop looking for that nigga. Stop turning to me and asking where he's at. Shout out to all the two-year-olds who turn to their dad with the most earnest look in their face and be like, where's mommy? I never got that very much. Like when the, me and Pooh Bear, we we good on everything. I never got the words, mommy. When when I'm around, it's us. Nah, Bella never did it. Devin did it all the time. So I think it's more a boy thing. Maybe. Yeah, because the girls, yeah, no, they didn't give a fuck. They were just like, we riding. Devin, though, he was like, where's mommy? <laughs> like we hung out maybe once a week where he could tolerate me for more than four to five hours, which was nice hanging out with him. But other than that, fuck you, nigga. You ain't mommy. The fuck out of my face. <laughs> so chapter or chapter six habits. Sorry. Episode six, the counterpart. Um, act like you were here. Act like you've been here before. It was cool. It was cool. I enjoyed it. That next one though. That shit's a fucking fire starter, my nigga. Yeah, buddy. Like I, you know, here's the thing. I watched I watched episode six a week ago. Me too. So I don't really remember much about it. So like this is gonna be an exploration for me. Um, but that other episode, I watched that bitch early today. Mm-hmm. And that got some that got some shit in it. Yeah, we're gonna get to that. But um I started watching it last week, uh, episode six, and then I went to a job fair. I have a job, motherfuckers. If y'all want to donate money, go for it. But I have a job. I went to a job fair to get a promotion um because I want more money. That's how it works. Mm-hmm. Um and state service, you know, you usually have to go through all these hoops. For, so for them to be like, whoop, there it is, just like 400 jobs in one place, I'd be a fool and I'd go. Anyhow, so the very first thing that happened in last or in episode six, I took notes on it and then I fucking left. So then I watched the rest of it today, which means the first note I took, I was like, the fuck happened? And I didn't want to rewind to go back and see it again. But there was one of the three people who were housed up in that that apartment where they murdered dude last week and right. uh one of the three the one of the two guys couldn't sleep so he decided to go out into the the rhythm of the night basically can you feel yep. the rhythm of the night can you feel the burning of the night i don't know the fucking words 
I only know like three other Bart songs. One of them is All My Love is Waiting for You because that song bops. Like that's a forever bop to me. Mm-hmm. All This Love. Um, and then there's one that he has with uh, Faith, Faith Evans called Lay With You, which is also a banger. And then there's one more that I can't remember right now. Have you ever seen his tiny desk? No. Man, uh, listen. Man, listen. Like, Elder Barge, like, for him to be in the game for so long, and like his and you know, the family, the family has a lineage, mm-hmm. even going even going back to Switch, um, because his brother, his brother was the lead singer of Switch. Um, and who they have very very similar voices. Mm-hmm. Um they uh but like the for him to be around so long and still be that fucking good like it's a it's a thing right because i i watched his youtube video and it was it was why um it was why why new singers can't sing as well and what it was really about and it was it was really about it was really about women they they kind of directed it towards women but it was really about like, you know, you had back in the day, you had to cut your teeth. Like you couldn't, you don't just jump into a recording contract. Like you, you have to, you have to perform in clubs and you have to, you know, like there was a lot of steps where you get your thousand hours in for you to be really good at your craft before you actually get a record deal. Mm-hmm. And then even with that record deal, there was all kinds of grooming and like all kinds of training, not just about your singing, but it's also about your your stage presence and all of that kind of stuff that that new that new artists just don't have. Mm-hmm. Um, and so like there was, so it was a really, really interesting um, YouTube video. But like when you watch when you watch someone like Elder Barge, like you can see that 10,000 hours. Like you could, you, I mean, like just him doing a tiny desk concert and I'm, what I'm guessing is like his home or somewhere like that. Cause it was, it was like kind of during the pandemic. Um, you see that 10,000 hours because he's not just singing, like he's, he's, he's playing keys. He's doing all kinds of other things. And like, we don't, we just don't get a whole lot of that. Like people these days don't even you know, singers don't play instruments these days. Like, mm-hmm. what was the la- the last one? Was Alicia Keys? Her. Yeah, you, you're right. You're right. I don't know much of her, but I do know that she that she does play an instrument. Her um, plays. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Her plays. Uh, Masego plays. I you know I was just talking to someone about Masego because um, uh, Jackson State just played Yams. <laughs> um. It was the 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 Jackson State version is kind of okay, but um, but we was talking about it, and someone was like, "Norfolk State should have played this first. It was like, "Yeah, because he's from on the other side of the water, man. Like other side of the bay for people who are not from Virginia. On the other side of the bay, he's from Newport News. He's from same place I'm from, um, and uh, it is just like, yeah, like he had, just like most people from Virginia, they had to leave to become famous. Yeah, which really sucks. But um, um, and then the last one I could think of off the top of my head is Andre Three Stacks. I mean, but th- th- he doesn't use his he doesn't use his playing in his music. He doesn't play his. Nah, instruments. the only thing he really played the instruments on was Hey Ya. Yeah, and he, you know, it, you know, he just randomly decides to be sitting at an airport 
outside playing the flute. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, <laughs> you know, what I mean? he's just one of those. But like that. But Andre, Andre is Andre is one of us. Like he had he had time enough to grow into Andre. You know, how, how long is 10,000 hours? I'm about to check. 10,000 divided by 24. The fuck out of my face. 416 days. Okay, so uh, 417 days, we'll say. 417 divided by 365. So one year and a quarter of a year. So one and a quarter years of continuous practicing to get you to the point where you are there. 10,000 hours is a long fucking time, people. Yeah. But but when you think about some of like the greatest singers of all time, like they they all started as like background singers and doing all of this other work mm-hmm. that like you don't think about. Like, you know, man, like you listen to uh there's a there's you you listen to Clouds by Shaka Khan. Shaka Khan, I mean, first of all, Shaka Khan, that she she the best when she's not drunk. Um or high, whichever the two uh she was in that versus. Um but in clouds, if you pay attention, one of her background singers is a 14-year-old Whitney Houston. Hmm. And you can hear her. Like you can, like, you can there's 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 parts where like this there's there's a few background singers, but you can hear her. Like, and that's what I'm saying. Like, you know, like Luther is it, like, you know, he was super singing on everything. Like, you know what I mean? Before he actually broke out and started singing for himself. And, um, you know, it's just like, it's like that, that idea that like, you got to put in, you got to put in some work and like, we don't, we don't have the same kind of, we don't have the same kind of venues for that these days. Like we don't have the clubs where people just sing in the clubs anymore. Yeah. Clubs are for DJs now. Um, in, in you know, unless unless you go to a jazz club, but like, how many how many young people are really going to the jazz clubs? I mean, it's just it, there's this there's a lot, and it's not it you know like when they were talking about this, it's not their fault. It's not their fault that somebody figured out like, hey, I can I can put this video up, and somebody can notice this video, and then I can get put on. You know. Mm-hmm. It's just what the game is now, but they're they're missing that they're missing that component. I think I think it's a it's like what they say about young people today. Like a lot of them don't have that element of struggle, so they end up coming up softer because they didn't have to fight for anything. Which is, which is mostly our fault, right? We don't want our kids to struggle. We don't want our kids to go through what we had to go through. So we provide for them. But then then they don't have the the same the same aspects of their life that 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 we had. And then like idiots, we look at them like, why aren't you more like me? Because they didn't have to go through what you had to go through. And you made sure they didn't have to do that. 
so why why are you why are you pointing the fingers at them? They didn't do this. This was your idea. So there's there's a lot to it, but yeah. Okay. So, um, two motherfuckers <laughs> are running down the same, it seems, garage slash tunnel slash freeway that we see every motherfucker getting picked up at when they go through to the other side. Mm-hmm. And Ian stops them. And he's like, it's always fucking customs. And I'm like, what are you talking about? And then we find out this motherfucker has stopped them from taking the magic, which is fucking Prince Rogers Nelson, over to the other side. (laughs) He said, you know he's not alive on this side. I don't know why you thought this is a good idea. This thing about to start bringing out CDs like like, uh, Boshua's Tupac Tupac albums. (laughs) You know what? I thought of it. I thought of it at that time. I was like, maybe. You know what? <laughs> I'm going I'm to put out a song about Joe Biden. I never <laughs> found where I'm hiding. Hey. <laughs> right. But um, they said he told them that their task were keeping the biggest secret of all time, which is it's it's clearly Prince being alive still, right? Like, that's it. But Jovi says that he's broken. His kid is sick, and Ian don't give a fuck about your family, dog. He don't give a fuck. And your uh, man is hardcore. Th- this scene, Ian is like... But Ian I mean, is- you know what I found out? The weakest nigga on the block. The weakest nigga on the block. I call it the Chauncey rule. Okay. The weakest nigga on the block is hard as fuck to white people. Yes. The Chauncey rule for those of y'all who are wondering what I'm talking about, there's this character on um, Menace to Society named Chauncey. Chauncey literally gets punked up by every single black person he's ever met in that movie. Pistol whip, made fun of, the whole nine yards. They actually call him homophobic slurs. I'm not going to call him that full name. I put that behind me. But his name is Chauncey. Chauncey is played by the nigga who played Pinky. He's a great actor. Like he's he's in these streets. Uh, uh, don't 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 forget his greatest role of all time. Big smoke. Yes, but more than that, I mean, I'm, I'm trying to think what the nigga's name is. I just went blank on it in real um, life. Um, but shit, now you had me blank. I was Clifton Powell. Clifton Powell. Clifton Powell played Chauncey in Minister Society, and Clifton Powell in Minister Society gets pumped by literally every single black person in the entire movie, the entirety of the movie. Pistol whipped, told to sit down, told to make some grits and shit for people. Like, he ain't got no respect in the hood. But a white guy comes to the door, and this nigga come out, nostrils flared, eyes all wide. Why you get here so early, nigga? Hey, y'all, fix me some grits with them links. I'm harder than a motherfucker. And the white dude's looking at him like he's just the devil incarnate. This is one moment to be hard. This is his one moment to be the guy. And I feel like Ian is that guy. <laughs> but then again, so. Ian is constantly surrounded by only white people. 
and he ain't thugged out till just now, so I don't know. But that nigga, <laughs> he put a gun to Jovi's head and told him that here's the code, and if you fuck up the code, you get fucked up. But then the phone rang before he could take his top off. Like, he had the gun at the back of that nigga's head. Like, he was just ready to click, click, boom. Right. Also, I was betting that the code was not up, up, down, down, left, right, left, right, B-A. Right. Also, also, I don't understand why some of y'all new niggas out there keep trying to convince me that the Konami code is up, up, down, down, left, right, left, right, B-A-B-A. No. It ain't. It's B-A one time. It's only one time. Niggas trying to it was tell a, me. If, you, if you're playing two players, it's select start. Select start, start. But I don't play two players with these niggas. My brother and I used to get 30 men in Contra, and it would be a war of attrition as we try to kill each other. But yeah, before this nigga gets to take his top off, Max calls and says they have Edgar Grant on a wiretap. And as soon as they said that, the only thing that went through my head was do no. Got your phone tap. What you going to do? I really hate that the firm didn't actually work. It should have. In every part of their life, it should have worked, except for the fact that Nas fucking sucked. I don't hate Nas. I hate people who love Nas. It, the, 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 so the, the firm was him, Foxy, and AZ, wasn't it? And Dr. Dre. But here's the problem. They couldn't figure out the rest of the list. Is Nature one of the one of these people? Is Cormega one Cormega, of these people? Yeah. Like it was like it was like they couldn't quite nail it down. Like, what is this really supposed to be? And that's the reason why the shit that's part of the reason why the shit failed. Um, because you know, they had to make deals with all of them being on different record labels and all that kind of shit to make this shit work. And like if you don't have your roster nailed down. How the fuck are we going to figure this thing out contractually in order to make this thing happen? So, like, the thing, that thing sat on the shelf for a long time while they tried to get the, the, the contract stuff figured out. But, yeah, I'm, I keep, I keep, I go back and forth with my friend. He does this whole Nas versus Jay-Z thing uh, all the time. And I'm just like, yo, like Nas is extremely talented, but he's boring. He's very talented, but I can only think of like four songs of his that I will listen to more than once in a row. Look, um, look, one mic, if I live, if I rule the world, whose world is this and life's a bitch? Look, I'm going to tell you something. And this is, I don't know if you know this, but. Nas is the worst beat picker in in history. There's only like lately because he's been working directly with Hit Boy for his last two albums that he released recently that his that his beats got okay. But here's how here's a representation of why his beats are the worst. He actually has on one of his albums a song where the beat was made by Chris Webber. Why would he do that? That Chris Webber. 
Yeah, and why the would beat, you do that? The beat is not the beat is not even good. The song is called Blunt Ashes, I think. Uh, and the beat is like Fisher Price, my first, uh, my first MP, <laughs> my, my first MP. Like it's like, how did how did this make your album, dog? Did you owe this nigga money? So yeah, he has a song on his album that was that that the beat was made and may it may have even been produced by Chris Webber. That Chris Webber. Basketball nigga Chris Webber. That shit made his album. Maybe it was on discount. So um yeah, so they got Edgar on a wiretap talking to his girlfriend and he was crying like a bitch. <laughs> like a straight hoe. Uh, about getting shaken down by Emily for an address with Howard Alpha. So Ian leaves and tells them to put Jovi and his boy in the black room for like three months. And I'm not sure what goes on in there, but I'm pretty certain that they about to get crazy. It's about to get nuts. <sighs> because, you know, they were they had Prince music, so they're about to go crazy. I, I, got, I, got, I got it. About to go nuts. I got to let the audience know. Not everybody's where I'm at with my mind. Um, Howard Prime is looking through Alpha's clothing and finds a broken compass from Emily with an engraved note. So he puts it up on the mantle. That was nice. His boss is at work, meanwhile, complaining to Peter about how how Howard hasn't been to work in days. And Peter tells him, yeah, don't draft the complaint about Howard because I'll take care of it. Boss is a fucking snitch. Um, yeah. Peter goes to Howard's house and tells him that there's a mole in strategy and they don't know who it is. Yeah, They're looking Howard, into it now. Howard Prime, Howard Prime is just like, man, fuck work. Man, why the fuck you want me to go to work when my work is here? My work is the streets, nigga. It's like you put you put me you put me in the right department, but you put me in the accounting section. What the fuck am I supposed to be doing here? Mm-hmm. They're looking into who this mole is now, though. And Howard tells Peter that he's working on documents that Emily stole from Peter's floor, his floor code. And Peter's flabbergasted that the documents were stolen from his floor and upset that Howard didn't show him the documents. But I mean, he's showing you now. So, oops, pal, surprise. Like, yeah, it's like we don't know how long Howard has really had these documents. mm -hmm. So, like, yeah, he's telling you now because he just got these. So it's like, what you bitches want from a nigga? Um, look, look, my 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 other wife's side nigga had these shit stashed in the place. Like, you know what I mean? Like, there's a lot to unpack there before I even get to the fucking paperwork. Mm-hmm. A lot, a lot. Um, <laughs> can you can we refer to her as his alt wife? I, I'm allowed one per, per episode. I'm allowed one. So Peter tells Prime that he's going to be at the Walcott Hotel because it's his birthday and he isn't spending another moment at our office. Yeah, that's the reason you'll be in the hotel. Sure, Peter. That's why you're doing it. He also uh, said that he's probably inviting the mole to his birthday dinner that evening unwittingly. Um, and also, he's probably going to get some top piece while he's at the hotel. Um, Alpha goes to get some coffee, and two guys are mean mugging him like a motherfucker. And then Ian walks in, 
And he busts his balls for a bit. Isn't it strange that he's not being mean to us? It's strange he's not being rude, huh? It's strange. It's wild. Ian is not very observant. Mm. Like, <laughs> I mean, I mean, Emily picked this shit up, like, immediately. I feel like he knows, but at the same time, he's trying to be sarcastic about it. And it's like, you're not good at it, dog. No, he doesn't know because, remember... The the when when they when they take him to where they're getting ready to take him to, and they make him take those tests, they're they're just like, wow, he's gotten really good at lying. And it's like, no, he's not lying. He doesn't fucking know. Because yeah, they're like, how is he beating this? It's it's crazy. It's crazy <laughs> right. that he's beating this like this. He's beating the shit out of this. What? He's crushing it. What he's he's doing it? Do you not see him? He's doing it and doing it and doing it well. Repping his okay. she was raised out in Brooklyn. Okay. Yeah. So, um, Alpha gets asked by Ian about Edgar, and Alpha's like, "You should really go talk to Emily about that." And Ian's like, "Nah." I think it's time to me and you have a talk. But this is where I started to think that he knew. It turns out he doesn't fucking know that he's really stupid. But I thought that at this point that he knew that he was talking to Alpha. And that's the only reason why he was acting so brolic. Because if he was talking to Prime, Ian wouldn't have been so fucking reckless. Nope. That's what I thought initially. Because he would have known that like very easily Prime could have killed them all. Mm Mm-hmm. But I mean, he's I mean, he's just talking reckless in general, because like even when he was at the hospital, when 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 he showed up to the hospital, like, nigga, why the fuck are you here? Mm-hmm. You know, if you don't get the fuck on, it's like, whoa, dog, like. It ain't that serious, like my daughter brought me here, like, it's not like I just showed the fuck up. And speaking of his daughter, Anna talks to Emily about Howard and how strangely he's acting because you know it's it's alpha not prime and she's worried about him which is weird cuz she usually doesn't give a fuck but the day before she went to his house and talked and he actually listened and Emily's like you know what don't put too much stock in that shit he's he, he's going to let you down soon enough he'll he's be back gonna, to his himself he's going to be back to himself real soon <laughs> don't get too attached to him don't start thinking things that it ain't true i ain't going to tell you how i know i just know uh Baldwin goes to Nadia's funeral and literally nobody wants to say anything nice about her. When they're like, hey, we're going to open up the floor for y'all to say some nice shit. Everybody's quiet. Until her girlfriend comes up and is like, I never knew her either. I thought it was cool that I didn't know her, but I didn't know her. Like, uh, y'all ain't alone. All the cool people run knowable, though. All the cool people pee their pants. It's the coolest. Have you seen that they're actually selling pants that look like they've been peed? No. Why? What? Yeah, I've seen I've seen something that is like an ad uh, for a couple of pairs of pants that look like they're they've been peed, and then and then it's the 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 clip of Adam Sandler. It's the picture from Adam Sandler saying it. No. No. <laughs> no. Just that's it. Just no. Um. She didn't go to the store where Claire is and runs up on her while I think it's Target. It looks like Target. But she tells her to act normal or she'll snap her fucking neck. And Claire says she had no choice but to try and kill her. And Baldwin asked for the 100,000 euros that she was uh, promised. And then she'll finish the job and leave. And Claire's like, you can leave now. You got your freedom. Nah, and- she said, she said, no, nah, because if, if I do the job, you still get paid. So if you get paid, I'm going to get paid. Mm-hmm. 
And Claire's like, but if you try, they're going to kill you. And she's like, no, they won't. They need me to finish. Right. And I pity they, you because nothing about you is true. Yeah. And then the, the whole thing is like, until this shit gets done, they're all stuck in that in that hotel room. Mm-hmm. Because apparently that's what she was supposed to do. They They didn't... They never actually quite come out and say it, but she's supposed to kill their counterparts so they can take their place. Yes. Um, Ian takes Alpha to a room with a guy named Casper in it. He's a ghost. And they set some equipment up and have him read some cards and then look at uh, Alpha's eyes as he tells, as he asks him these stupid questions. And Ian asks Alpha, what did he talk about with Emily after he left the room at the embassy? And Alpha's like, I don't remember. And Ian asks him what the phrase light a candle to St. Christopher means. And Alpha's like, I don't fucking know. <laughs> Which is both I, true. I love this shit because, like, we know he's telling the truth. They are dumbfounded by this. And Casper's like, he's getting better, man. He's getting better at saying he doesn't know, man. It's like crazy how he doesn't really, how he, how good he is at his defenses. And Alpha just sitting there like, doo 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 right oh man um everything is steady that's what he basically tells him everything is steady his defenses are getting better um he's the best he's ever seen he's trained probably like two or three weeks for this he's the best ever he's the most brutal and vicious and the most ruthless person there's ever been and there's nobody who can stop him uh Lennox is the conqueror? No. He's no Alexander. He's Alexander. He's the best ever. There's never been anyone as ruthless. He's Sonny Liston. He's Jack Dempsey. There's no one like he's from their cloth. There's no one that can match him. Alpha's style is impetuous. His defense is impregnable. He's just ferocious. He wants his heart. He wants to eat his children. Praise be to Allah. <laughs> you you know what you could have done? I could have just played the clip. No, you could have played the clip, but you also could have played the clip of Mick talking about Clever Lang. Nah, that's not <laughs> nearly as great as hearing Mike Tyson talk about himself as this nigga's getting asked normal ass questions. <laughs> talk about eating people's children. Oh, praise Allah. Praise be to Allah. <sighs> so, anyhow, Aldridge stops a man named Lamar, which, first of all, holy shit, a white Lamar. Well, there, there's... See, here's the thing about the these names. These names that we associate with us didn't necessarily come from us. So, like, you don't understand how many white Jeromes are out there and, like, how many white Jeromes you know they just don't go by Jerome. Yeah, they go by Jerry. Yeah. Like, Jerome Seinfeld. Don't do that. His name is Jerome. His he name goes, is not Jerome. His For name real? is... <laughs> yes. What the fuck? <laughs> he's, a, he's a Jerome. His name, his name is Jerome Allen Seinfeld. He is a Jerome. Oh my God, Jerome's in the house every time he walks into the building. What the fuck? Also, the dude who used to own the Panthers is a Jerome. Like, 
Yeah, it's crazy. I would just call him Rome. He would never be able to get away from it. Jerome Seinfeld. My whole world is fucked up now. Yeah, there's. I can't remember. There's somebody who's who's famous that his his middle name is Jerome or some shit like that. Um, fuck, I can't think of who it is. Jerome Seinfeld. Yeah, yeah, he's that that that, that motherfucker is Jerome. Can't wrap my mind around that. I'm sorry. <laughs> I told you. <laughs> so Aldridge is talking to Lamar and he asked him if they go talk about Walter. And Lamar asked him how well he did how well did he know Walter? And Aldridge is like, I knew him well enough to know that you and him were lovers. And he's curious to know if there was anything that Lamar could recall about Walter before he died. And Lamar said, you know, just normal paranoia, thinking he was being pushed out of that I hit out of his position and that he was being watched. And the day he died, Lamar thought he ghosted him. Like the day Walter died, Lamar just thought, you know, oh, this motherfucker stood me up. But he didn't. He died from a heart attack. And Lamar asked if he should be suspicious about Walter's death. And Aldridge is like, nah, I'm just tying up loose ends. Prime gets a call from Delma who says she doesn't know how to do these things. She knows the prime gave Heinrich numbers so then he could reach him when he's in trouble and she thinks he should come over and you fucking think because he gets there and Delma's sobbing and Heinrich's dead in the back room with all his fucking fingers cut off and a gunshot wound to the chest. Yep. And he dead and he dead. They fucked that dude up. And yeah. And because of the blood pool, they cut his fingers off while he was still alive. Mm hmm. It's a whole dead pool around him. Emily goes back and talks to Bob and confesses. Did you see, having, did you see the, the the teaser for the new Deadpool? They're actually bringing Hugh Jackman back as Wolverine. Yeah, it brings up a lot of questions that I I have already. But I, I, I don't know why. I don't know why they. Well, it's not a trailer. It's just like him talking. I mean, a it's teaser. like it's, it's a teaser. But um, I don't know why they didn't just pick my man Exy, um, and let him be the new Wolverine. Because he's been trying to get Hugh Jackman in it forever, but right. it also brings up a timeline. Like, okay, if you're going to have Deadpool and Wolverine in a movie, if you're going to have Wolverine in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, that means that by that point, the X-Men have to be fully established. And then how the fuck are you going to bring this old-ass man out as Wolverine? They they have had allusions to the X-Men in the other stuff, especially in the, the She-Hulk uh thing with the shoes there's a scene in she-hulk where the where the the one character is talking about um wanting to get the new iron mans mm -hmm. and then you know in the credits they show all of those like drawn sketches the sketches of of like the scenes or whatever like that he's holding up a, the iron man shoe but he has like shoes for a bunch of different people including the most obvious one being cyclops shoes uh, and like, there's a few different ones just kind of all around there, and there, it's very obvious which superhero these shoes are supposed to belong to. And there's there's quite a few X Men in that. There's Deadpool. There's X Men. There's all kinds of stuff. So, and then also there's a um there's a 
uh, thing in She-Hulk when they're on a website, they're talking about someone um, being in a bar, bar brawl with uh, Claws. Okay. They're hinting at it. Yeah. So Emily goes and talks to her manager, Bob, and confessed to having personal difficulties recently. And Bob's like, you think? He's hella salty because she's an institution in the office, and she goes over his head whenever she wants. Which I guess, will, you know. And um, she says she's really sorry about that, but it's the same way that you say sorry when the phrase, you can hit me back if you want, doesn't work. I'm sorry, right. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. She don't really mean it. Um, she asked Bob if she could still get time off to get her life in order, and he tells her to take whatever time she needs, which she tells somebody else to keep personnel off her ass for a while. The woman she's talking to says she talked with the boys from Records the night before, and they shut the bar down, and she found out the address in Potsdam has never been seen or heard of by them. That's the address that Edgar was talking about. Mm-hmm. She also tells Emily that she saw Ian walking Alpha in the oversight that morning. Meanwhile, Ian's asking uh, Alpha how he could lie so comfortably, and Alpha's like, I really don't know what the fuck you're talking about, fam. Yeah. And he asks him about what they're looking for from the address he got from, from Edgar, and Alpha tells him he's looking for a good reason why he's professionally obligated to tell him anything other than to fuck off. That's when, he, that's when that's when he located his nuts a little bit. Mm-hmm. Just a tad bit. Turned prime just a little bit. And um, Ian asks what he's missing. And Alpha says, you know what? Emily truly does have a type. Because a few years back, she left me, a colossal, ass, a colossal asshole, to be with you, a pretty tough guy asshole. And Ian's like, you think we're alike? And Alpha's like, I'm a pretty good judge. And he is like, if that was the case, then where were you when she was going through withdrawals, man? Where were you when I was all by myself, when everyone else had given up on her, when I was the only one there? Where were you? Give me the address. (laughs) Alpha's like, you're wasting your time, fam. I ain't giving you shit. And Ian's like, you're going to get her killed. And Alpha says he'd never let that happen. And then Ian asks if Alpha still loves Emily. And she bursts in right at that moment. And she asks Ian if he's taking leave of his senses, giving Howard a lie detector exam right in front of everybody. And she tells him that if he has a question to come to her. And he's like, I did at the hospital. She promised to lay low for a while at that point. What changed? And she tells him that Howard's helping her with an investigation and he gets upset. And she's like, see, you asked me to tell the truth and you get mad, which is something that cheaters say. Exactly. But um, he asked her to let him in and to give him the address. And at that point, I got to be honest with you, I really thought he was the fucking mole. You know Cass- what? I, 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 did, I did too, but the mole had to be on the other side, though. That's the only thing. The mole, the mole is on the alpha side. Mm-hmm. That's sure. the only reason why I didn't think that it was it was specifically that version of him. Like, unless there's another version of him that's on the alpha side. We ain't seen it yet. I mean, there has to be because there's other versions of him on of everybody, you know, so there has to be at some point. But Casper, on the other hand, orders a lunch special, but like it delivered. And who's he ordered it from? 
the fucking Pope. So now I'm like, is Casper the mall? Or did he just want a sandwich? Pope called the dry cleaners, but gets the wrong number. And that was weird. But it turns out maybe it wasn't so weird. No, it was just, it was just no, it was very much that was the code. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And Baldwin goes to the club with uh the barista named Greta and tells her she didn't like it. And Greta asked her how she got those scars, and she tells her that she used to be with someone who was abusive and then she ran away. So she understands abuse. Um they go back to Greta's place. And they're about to make love, but Greta gets up to go to the bathroom. While she's gone, Baldwin goes and gets her gun and puts it under the mattress because you ain't going to burn me twice. After she puts the gun under her mattress, she falls asleep. And Greta calls her Nadia, and she's like, you're safe here. You can sleep. Prime shows Delma the money to Heinrich and stash away for her. And she asks why they cut his fingers off, and he's like, so they can't identify him. And Don was like, I know who Heinrich is. And Prime's like, you don't even know his real name. Right. She tells Prime that Heinrich told her that they were spies and tries to probe into what's going on. And he's like, it's better that you really don't know what's happening. You're alive because Heinrich kept you very far from everything. He was helping you. I'm helping you because Heinrich was my friend. Um, he tells her that Emily kept secrets from him, and when he found out, he and then he drifts off, and he tells Delma that if she loved Heinrich truly, then she has to learn to love the lie. He asks her if she's seen anything in the past two or three days that was unusual or anyone she didn't recognize talking to Heinrich, and she says it was only him and that handsome young man that you came into the shop with, Peter. So, then, so now it's all eyes on Peter. Mm-hmm. And Prime goes to the Walcott Hotel, and Peter's there with one of his running partners. And Prime throws her out and tells Peter that Heinrich is dead, and they're the only two who saw him. So he better dig hard and fast to find the mole, because whoever's getting information from his floor is getting it from Peter. And he tells him straight up, do your fucking job. Ian and Emily arrive at Pottsdale, and they see fires. Um, and, of course, that's the result of the lunch call the Casper made. So Emily and Ian load up to go closer. Uh, but Emily tells Alpha to stay by the car and find that low prof- profile they talked about earlier. And Alpha returns with the line that I I appreciate. Would Prima stay back? Exactly. WWPD, what would Prime do? Exactly. And the next thing you know, Ian, give me a gun. Give me a blammer. <laughs> um, and they get to the perimeter and see people burning documents. Aldridge tells Cyrus that there's a mole and it's, that it's worse than they thought. According to Lamar, all Atwood thought he was being fired. Or according oh. to Lamar, Atwood thought he was being followed, and Aldridge believes they killed one of theirs to replace it with one of the uh, sleepers. So they killed Atwood to plug one of their sleepers into his spot. Right. And they're asking who replaced him. And it was somebody well connected, probably with family high up. And at the same time, Peter's going through documents at home and finds that one has a coffee cup stain that's similar to the cup he's currently using. And he seems shocked by it, which was like, okay, if he's the one doing it, why he looks so surprised? But Aldrich goes further and says that it's Peter. And Cyrus asks, what are they going to do about it? 
But I'm like, how didn't Peter know it was him? But then he hears singing come from his wife and he goes into the other room to see her and she's with him, with their daughter. And she, the way she looks at him, just, you already know that she's the mole. The way she looked at him and he didn't notice, like he didn't notice, like, because when we get to the next episode, he is trying to figure out in what way is this thing happening? And it's just like, it's pretty fucking obvious. Mm-hmm. When you really stop and think about it. And one thing that kept fleeing my mind, you know what? We'll get to it in the next episode. Scar, you got anything else? Uh, no, man. Just the, the usual. Um, he's gone wrong. Uh, uh, he's, he's gone wrong universal on YouTube for the reactions and scarcasm. Um, and yeah, do the thing. 916-633-1537. Return to Oswald at gmail.com. Scar is on Twitter at Scarfinger. Brent is on Twitter at that cool black nerd. Black is spelled B-O-K. I'm on Twitter at Ratchet Book Club. And the show is RTO Podcasts. Uh, you can leave a review for the show on Spotify. You can also leave a review on uh, the Good Pods app or on the Apple Podcasts uh, app or on the Podchasers uh, website. Uh, you can donate to the show at patreon.com slash single simulcast. You said or that like on, an old person. I just wanted you to say that. You said it like the Walmart. The the, the Podchaser app. It, it is the Podchaser app. The Podchaser site. Um, you can donate to the show at patreon.com slash single simulcast or on... Um, buymeacoffee.com slash sscast. You can buy us a drink. Or you can leave a tip in the tip jar in the Good Pods app. Just a tip. Thank y'all so much for listening. We greatly appreciate it. Y'all be good. I'm going to hot you later. Peace. Peace out. It's no secret that the both of us are running out of time. This is single simulcast. Don't know my name, did you say?